0: It's time for Shake Them Ropes once again, Morning Zoo Edition. you so much right now. No, you love me more than ever right now. It's Shake Them Ropes. My name is Chris Novembrino. I'm joined, as always, by the man, the myth,
1: the hawk. Chris, I gotta start off with some.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I have to start off with some bad news for Shake the...
0: Oh, okay. Hit me with some bad news.
1: Well, One uh, Sabatino Pescatelli, a.k.a. Tino Sabatini, or Sabatelli. God, I've messed up the name already. It's on (laughs) 8... I'm going to stop this show right now. Uh, Appeared on Dark. I was hoping to have some audio from one Rob McCarran, Noted Tino Sabatelli fan person who said he'd be headlining Wrestlemania this past year a couple years ago
0: it could still happen it could still happen Wrestlemania already happened <laughs> oh, okay. um all right but all right technical
1: work happened and he didn't have time to record so I'm a little I'm a little sad about that um so I was telling you before we started recording I have watched more wrestling this week than in a long long time um because I watched Extreme Rules. I watched all the Wednesday, Friday, Monday stuff. And I also watched TNA Slammiversary, which isn't a bad show. And look, all these. Sh- and Seth Rollins came out with a tweet today. He was like, Wrestling's never been better. We're in a golden age. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm like, in all ring. Right, Not untrue how great all these athletes are. Storytelling stinks. Right now, Chris, it 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 stinks across. And the board.
0: stories are what get people to buy in to the wrestling they're watching. You can have these really good matches, and and I'm with you. Like, uh, I mean, right down to this four way on SmackDown tonight. Which was like you know a nothing number one contender match for AJ Styles, title. but a great match, and a great match. That was a good match. That was a really good match, for where it needed to occupy in the slot, the level of work they needed to turn in. Great match. But when you've got characters like Shorty G and the Lucha House Party, it's hard to get really invested in what you're watching. It's not The Rock. It's not Mankind in the dress shirt with the tie and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kane in your main event. It's, you know, characters that feel very vaguely defined, if at all, having very, very good matches. Yeah,
1: and especially after a promo where Big E's about to go on a singles run and you're talking about the prestige of the Intercontinental title why is Big E not in this match? I, I That seems like quality control right there.
0: Yeah, and it's certainly, I mean, when you have Grand Metalik going for the Intercontinental title, I don't think hope springs eternal for him getting the belt in the first place. But when you foreshadow the next match with this clear implication that eventually Big E is going to go for the Intercontinental title, boy, who believes that the winner of this next four-way match between Four guys who don't get the best treatment on WWE television. How invested are we in this guy actually defeating AJ Styles?
1: Yeah, and and you know, as much as I love Grand Metalik, you had some, you had a little storytelling going on with Drew Gulak, and God bless him. Shorty G should be a star right now as a
0: killer. And it's just one of those... Chad Gable is such a good wrestler, and he's just having to deal with this piece of crap shorty g Well, it
1: fits in because, uh, for a couple reasons, uh, Vince McMahon coming out and saying, look, look, we need to create more new stars. <laughs> You're like, you have a mid-card full of nothing. You have Alistair Black fighting the same guys week after week after week. How are you going to heat him up? You know, those types of things. And I, I, did, I sat down and I was thinking about this this week and I'm, I'm i'm positing two things that are issues right now keeping us from moving on one of it's a generational thing because look we haven't had a major change in how we watch wrestling we've been watching wrestling monday night live for two to three hours for since 1992 93 Something like that? Yeah, and
0: people just accept that this is necessarily the way it's always been. That this was the way it was when wrestling was hot. And that this is the way it necessarily has to be. And if you go back to the 1980s, wrestling was largely pre-taped. And a lot of it ran on Saturday night. And the way they actually made money and got business was having live shows. And, you know, Raw... Was a new experiment. So was Nitro, and and people liked that. But it's not the only way wrestling can be successful. Okay, that, that's as a, model. a
1: good segue because what happened in the Monday Night Wars, and it's something that a lot of people I think have kind of caught onto as we look back on history, and as we've moved on, but a lot don't realize this. There was no real use for pay per view, other than a cash grab for fans to watch matches because they wanted to see the match. But the stories that they were telling, it was all the drive viewers to Monday night. And that's a problem we have right now. There's no reason to have Extreme Rules on a Sunday. They could have done a three-hour Raw with Extreme Rules and done it, although it wouldn't have been on the network. It would have been Monday Night Raw, Extreme Rules, and we would have had this big card right now. And so there's never that psychic break between programs. What we're doing is we're getting, you know, okay, it's this person's turn, then it's this person's turn, and then it's this person's turn. And that happened naturally in wrestling before this. But in the pre-taped era that you described, you'd tape four weeks of wrestling, five weeks of wrestling. That fifth week would kind of be a buffer Peace moving thing you'd give the spoilers to what happened in the match maybe a clip here and there be sure to buy the video or the replay or whatever you're buying of it before we move into the next program and we bring in these the new champs who won and they give interviews and and things of of that nature the second part of this equation plays into extreme rules and it it frustrates me a bit because i'm gonna ask i asked this question on twitter And I think it's a much more pressing question than people realize. During the Swamp Fight, which they replayed parts of on SmackDown tonight, we are taping on Friday night, Alexa Bliss in an apparition shows up to woo Braun Strowman. Here's my question, Chris. Does Alexa Bliss on SmackDown know that she appeared in the dream during the swamp fight?
0: I think the answer to that question is no, she doesn't, but they're going to start writing more interactions between Braun and Alexa. And so I think initially they were doing more of a straight Alexa, Nikki split angle. And now I don't think they're going to have a, one turns on the other sort of angle in their match or I- in their relationship. I think Alexa's just going to be spun off with Braun Strowman. Well,
1: here's, here's my bigger point, because AEW kind of suffers from this as well.
0: especially. But it's a weird... No, to, real quickly, though, to finish off my thought here. Oh, sorry. I think it's a really weird thing to do if you don't know whether or not Alexa knows that she appeared in... Braun Strowman's apparition. Like would she be
1: watching backstage and see herself on the screen in the middle of this dream? That—that's—that's that's the thing that's kind of, kind of hanging out. Well, here's there.
0: what we do know: if she was able to do that, she'd have to stand to the side <laughs> of the screen at a weird angle.
1: But AEW has this issue with being the elite, and WWE has this issue as well, where they want it both ways, and I think presentation of wrestling is suffering from this you exist in the Wwe world where you have certain rules and things that apply to you but you also but they also want to exist in the quote-unquote real world and they don't know how to they they want to they want to play footsie on both but the problem is they can't do great storytelling if they're self-aware that they're within a TV show.
0: Yeah, and there's another thing with the WWE movie matches that they've been putting out. They've felt like versions of what Lucha Underground would do, but unlike Lucha Underground, WWE just simply does not nail dark or gritty. And one thing that Lucha Underground's production team was very adept at was making stuff that was pre-taped and cinematic style feel dark and gritty. And things like, you know, yes, the Jeff Hardy-Sheamus bar fight was cheesy as hell. We'll get into it in a deeper level in a a moment. But, like, the fact that it was blue-white fluorescent lit with no trace of grit and it didn't feel remotely like a bar in ambiance and didn't have any of that, like, dark grit and grime quality that's stuff that takes away from it even the swamp felt weird and produced
1: well they fear heat and eric bischoff said something on his uh was it 83 weeks podcast this week that stuck with me a bit and it's one of those little points that we've said before but we often forget the audience for wwe forget demo talk all that other thing the the audience for Vince McMahon that he's aiming his product towards are people who represent advertisers and so you're not going to get dark or spooky or vile too violent or too bloody or too rough and tumble because he wants to woo those advertisers to buy time on his shows and if you
0: and he thinks that having a squeaky clean mm-hmm. in terms of lighting and cleanliness part of the presentation it's not low
1: rent mm-hmm. it, yeah
0: right right yeah he he worries that it comes off as low rent de class a whatever you want to use but like the other way of framing it in the way that lucha underground a more modern promotion that was started in the last decade here thought about it is it's stylization you're putting a style onto your presentation nwa did a similar thing. I, they, they aired, you know, towards, like, the clean sport feel. World, the reboot of uh, World of Sport kind of did this, too. Like, th- but there's a stylization. You, it doesn't have to come off as low budget if you're leaning into what you're doing.
1: Let's do a few news and notes before we go into TV.
0: Oh, wait, wait. Then, before we get into okay. that, I got to do the news theme song. News. Now, check it out. Check it out. Here we go. So, now we do this. Oh shoot! Shoot! No, we gotta we gotta go. News. Hold on, I, I'm gonna get it, Jeff. You just gotta be patient.
1: This is the worst shake them ropes theater ever.
0: News. 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 I, I'll, I'll, I'll do a different chord next time. This one was kind of a downer <laughs> one. But but you have downbeat news, right? Uh, I will not call
1: like... it downbeat. It's just a few personnel things. <clears throat>
0: I just wanted you to lean into this, okay. song, but that's fine. No, no, it's fine. No, it's too late. It's too late. That The moment has passed. Uh, the
1: 12 of us who still occasionally watch 205 Live turned on 205 Live last week to find that the uh, commentary team has won Vic Joseph and Drew Gulak together. Uh, I can only assume that this is because of the NBA season doing what it does, so the job with the Cleveland Cavaliers, not quite ready to uh, – not quite ready to fill into that, so he needs to make some money. I don't. I haven't heard if this is a long term thing or a permanent thing, or if it's just.
0: I mean, the the whole future of two hundred five live at this <laughs> point seems to be week to week, right? Like, I think abandon any pretense of telling this story.
1: I'm trying to fit. Fa- it's it's like that business that you know is going under, but you still love it. And he wanted to go well. It's like, but you're sitting there thinking, how can I bring people in to to show? You know, it's like having. Oh, well, I can't say operating an arcade because an arcade would probably do well with the retro crowd these days. But you know what I'm saying? It's like having outdated. You know, having an outdated store and watching it die in front of you. It's kind of sad in some ways.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I know people wrote the epitaph for. 205 Live several years ago. But to me, it didn't really die as a show until they moved it to half an hour and really sort of cut it off. And at that point now, they are telling week-to-week stories with absolutely no stakes. Whereas before, you know, they had several different runs here. Uh, I mean, even, you know, we don't love the guy or anything like that, but like Enzo Amore had this very sort of like notable presence on 205 Live when they moved him down there more successfully and much better. Drew Gulak had a great run. I mean, even Tony Nese... Uh, who I was not a huge fan of, if you recall, uh, he had an entire storyline built around him that they kind of, that's where you start to see the cracks in two Oh five live, right? Like it was like, they were kind of telling a story with Tony Nies, Then Enzo sort of flamed out. And so they had to kind of memory hole, a whole bunch of the Enzo storylines that they were telling, but then they sort of dropped the ball between drew Gulak and Tony nice. And, it's just it's sad and then you had, because and, only, but you also had
1: a writing team that was there that really cared about it and wanted to do something with it, but they weren't allowed to use NXT guys, and they'd occasionally get the right, special right. ones. And then by the time they really got their feet under them, they decided to shake up the writing teams and send them all over the place. It's it, it was it's just it's a bit of a mess, Chris.
0: It's unfortunate because I think there could have been a really nice niche product. And going back to what you were talking about earlier in the show uh, about changing ways we digest media writ large but that also applies to wrestling you know like instead of live television which was a very 1990s sort of thing gotta see it live now it's gotta see it on demand and i want to see my show and people have like weird little niche shows and like this can be really awesome for content producers and also really awesome for content consumers because there, there can be a weird dude on YouTube who you know does like a cooking show or whatever, and they're just really friggin' weird, but they really connect with your energy, and it's great. But that guy would never get his own television show on a major news network, or not, not major news network, like on a major cooking network in this case. But like they have their own little niche, right? Like that's cool. But what WWE does when it's producing its product now is two oh five live is really kind of indistinct from even what was the flagship alternative brand nxt which is increasingly becoming indistinct from raw and smackdown nxt really feels like raw and smackdown with gold ropes now and the other two shows are sort of indistinct from each other and like what's ended up happening is this homogenized product that wwe still places some emphasis on seeing live even during the pre-taped era
1: so I said, TNA anniversary happened this past week. Our 90-day non-compete is over for a lot of furloughed workers. So Heath Slater, the Good Brothers, uh, Gallows and Anderson, EC3, and Eric Young all appearing on there. Um, boy, Eric Young looked good. <laughs> I'm so happy for him because he is such a good wrestler, such a good performer, and he's back in the company that did something with him. So I'm very happy for that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I like Eric Young was always best in TNA. He might be interesting to see go and you know, do a run over in AEW. Uh, there, I think he's going to be in to TNA be a, for
1: a while. I mean, he's in good company. He has okay. people who love him. It's, it's fine with
0: me. Yeah, no, and if he's got like an office job component with it, too, then, you know, that that's where he'll be. But yeah, uh, I mean, Slammiversary is always kind of a sneaky good show. Uh, It's like, even if TNA isn't doing anything particularly interesting for the rest of the year, they usually get it all together to do a pretty good little Slammiversary show.
1: MVP looking to get a multi-year deal from the WWE, possibly. Um, Or at least they've offered him one. That fascinates me.
0: I think he's a great manager. So, like, I mean, here's the deal with MVP. What they probably don't want to have happen with MVP. He's He's still okay in the ring. Um, But he's really good on the microphone. And if he went over to AEW and got to play off of Taz, I mean, those could be some money promos. MVP managing a guy. Taz on the other side of the ring managing a guy. Like, they're cutting promos on each other really helping develop out guys uh, who who maybe need a mouthpiece. Um, like you could have this long, steady feud between MVP and Taz. That's a proxy for all these other guys. I think they realize that they need to keep MVP uh, under, under lock and key here. Cause he's when when you've got someone who's good on the stick, um, it, it's a valuable asset.
1: As we will talk about when we get to AEW, um, there were there are rumors swirling that there will be a new nation of domination stable Chris as as you know um socio-political angles involving African Americans that is WWE sweet spot right there
0: this is a company <laughs> as we have been saying throughout the show that has a hard time getting their head out of the 1990s I mean they handled that and... Naomi
1: deserves better hashtag real well tonight didn't they Chris
0: okay so like let's break this down. <laughs> Naomi Deserves Better was put out there by WWE last week as just a standard hashtag as a reaction to Lacey Evans. And I don't think that they were trying to throw Chum in the water. I don't think they put it out
1: there. They didn't put it out there. No, I don't. I don't. Well, you had said that, so I'm trying to correct you.
0: No, I thought they did put it out there. No, 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 no. This was
1: fan-driven, I believe.
0: It's Mm -hmm. fan-driven? Like, they didn't even start it? Yeah. I sort could have sworn they started okay. like they at least had, had a hashtag up in reference to oh. it. Like, it, it, at bare minimum, they were amplifying slash signal boosting it. Nevertheless, um, people
1: took it seriously.
0: People took it seriously, um, and so like you get this big uproar that is, let's be honest, just simply look at the women's division right now. Right now you've got Bailey, you've got Sasha, you have Asuka, Kyrie Saint's on her way out, but you've got a lot of very talented people. And Naomi is of a class of wrestlers in that division who is very talented athletically speaking. But when it comes to the ins and outs and the beats of having a long form match that tells like a big coherent story, Naomi has Not had maybe the opportunity to do that, but I would also argue that WWE doesn't do a great job coaching people up on being those kind of long-form match callers. And as such, Naomi is very dependent on having someone who can help make her spots look good, not unlike the person she's paired up with right now, Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans can do a lot of very cool and impressive athletic moves, but we've also seen Lacey Evans... uh, eat a lot of ass when she busts out on some of those moves and, like, the timing isn't there or whatever. She's very, very timing dependent. Um Alexa Bliss, to a certain extent, is like this. Um Whereas people like Bailey and Sasha Banks and Asuka, uh, in terms of wrestlers, in terms of wrestling acumen, they're just simply a cut above.
1: I'm going to take a different tact on this. Here is why I think people are going to be rightfully angry at this company right now. You had people take this Naomi deserves better hashtag very seriously. So WWE uses it for marketing and they say, okay, we're going to address it tonight on TV. And so they address it with the following. They bring her out. She does some jokey shtick about star ratings as they pertain to Seth Rollins puking. And then a hokey thing with Lacey Evans coming down. Oh, sugar, you know, you have the whole southern thing that, look, it's playing into it a bit. And so the people who wanted this addressed seriously are watching this played for laughs. And now are just feeling like idiots for watching.
0: Oh, and she said a few things, too, that sort of made the whole hashtag feel trivial. And like like she was pulling the sting out of it too in her dialogue as well, and, and you also had Ms. and Morrison taking it out on the on the whole hashtag. And and what I will say, the
1: company thinks is, this makes her look good. That's the other thing. I've just
0: like- right. So what I will say is that the people who were upset on behalf of Naomi, perhaps not necessarily with firm grounding in reality, last week. I would argue very much have reason to be mad at the company now because, let's put it this way, if they were on Terra Firma last week, it wouldn't have made any difference. The company would have reacted to it in this exact same mocking way. And like this company does have this long-term problem with booking African-American talent that has been a real issue going all the way back, or in recent memory, going all the way back to the Kofi Kingston run where they didn't really invest in telling a story with him. Part of that's just this company's not very good at telling stories right now, but part of that's also that larger narrative.
1: Speaking of Kyrie, Sane, WWE apparently willing to throw money at her to not compete when she goes back to Japan. Don't know how that's going to work out. I think it just depends on what Kyrie wants to do. Does she want to live a married life, or does she want to uh, go to stardom or something like that? I'm going to be very fascinated by this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, she might want to go to stardom. I, I, how, wasn't she having hip issues or something like that when she was coming into the company? Uh,
1: yes. I.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I want to say that she had some injuries that were nagging her on her way in. And I, wanna, I remember some of the scuttlebutt at the time was something like, this is kind of her last hurrah here because her body is starting to fail her a little bit.
1: Going into this week's television, WWE Raw this week did 1.628 million viewers, up from last week's 1.561 million. Drew 4.46 rating in the 18 to 49 demo, down from last week's 0.48. I believe it's the, the second lowest. <laughs> the demo, the demo. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the demo. Uh, AEW 845 thousand viewers, NXT 615 thousand. AEW blew them away in the demo. Just It was like AEW was like (laughs) third or fourth, and NXT's way down at like 49th or something. Um, Real sports are back. These numbers aren't going to improve. Chris, you have an interesting statement concerning a mythos.
0: Yeah, so there is... Without naming names here, there is a mythos that I've started to see form among some in the wrestling commentariat that AEW was on the verge of really breaking through to the mainstream, if you go back to March. And if only you'd look at the numbers um, and what Jeff and I did for an extended period of time before this show began is we looked at the numbers and the numbers are remarkably static because uh, the narrative is, but for COVID-19, AEW would be going gangbusters right now and Vince is sandbagging AEW by having WW or NXT out there, which is not that particularly hot of a product right now. And but for NXT and COVID-19, AEW would probably be doing something, you know, like 1.5 million, maybe 2 million views, you know, depending on how bullish you are on AEW. But the unfortunate problem for AEW is that the numbers, if you look at them over time, simply don't back it up. It was already settling in at under 1 million viewers here and while AEW has been on some weeks very good I mean you know listen to some of the reviews we've done over the last few months here would there have been I, I went from being kind of uninterested in the product to getting into it and like I enjoy the show I think they have some pretty good shows uh, they Jericho does what Jericho's going to do but it wasn't COVID-19 that killed this product from getting launched it's that This product kind of has found a bit of its ceiling right now, in part because it's doing WWE light or alt WWE style of booking. Orange Cassidy with his orange juice brood gimmick that he's doing. Chris Jericho hamming it up. You've got a lot of very WWE like things. And so this mythos of they were just poised to take off in March. You go and look at the ratings, people. They weren't. And, and if anything, COVID-19 and the coronavirus and a lack of content. Uh, one governor talked about how we needed content right now um, at the start of the coronavirus or like back in April or May. Um, we, there was a lack of content. AEW was creating content and they weren't able to build momentum. We talked about this being an opportunity for wrestling because they were one of the few sport-like products on the air right now. Now, real sports is back, so they're taking what should have been an opportunity to launch, and this mythos is spinning that opportunity to grow and trying to act like it was weights holding down these companies. It wasn't.
1: Right, they, they're settled in about seven hundred fifty to eight hundred fifty thousand, give or take, um, every week. That's that's your AEW audience, and people. Just didn't want to watch wrestling, I think. Especially I mean, across the board, all the numbers are down. People didn't want to watch this hokey stuff, or at least wrestling as it's presented. Um
0: let's start. People don't want to be a part of wrestling culture yeah. like they did in the nineteen nineties. The wear a t shirt, throw out the catchphrases, be the road dog or whatever. Like none of that stuff. People don't want to participate in that culture. Yeah,
1: it's embarrassing to be associated with it. And
0: until we- right, yeah, you you always tweet me your um. I gotta change the channel, uh, or what, what's your term for it? I'm afraid I'm ashamed. Somebody I'm somebody, walks this right now. Yeah, somebody walks yeah. in the room. Yeah, somebody walks in the room. Yeah, this is go. the
1: moment where you're afraid somebody walks into the room, and there's that aspect to it. And until they get rid of that aspect, look, there, there's been cheese in pro wrestling for years, but you got to balance the cheese with just to me straight ahead. This. Don't be cute, don't do, you know, It's good matches aren't going to get there. I, 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 I hate to tell you that, but um, speaking of good matches, Extreme Rules, Ice Cold Thoughts, because my hot takes were on Fightful, you can download there if you want to listen to those, Great Wrestling, just ridiculous storytelling. I mean, the women's matches across the board to me were great. Sasha Asuka was great. Bailey Nikki was great, but all these matches had a bit of overbooking to them. Uh, example, you can't do a U.S. title thing where MVP's taking the title and he's uncrowned, and then later in the show, do the same thing with Sasha Banks. Um, in the Sasha versus Asuka match, there are other finishes to get to where you wanted to. Um,. You know, you blow the mist in the ref's face and either Bailey lifts the hand up three times to count form or the ref blindly counts or the ref DQs Oscar. You can't do the Bailey puts on the shirt and all of a sudden is a referee unless you say she had a referee license or something. You have to do that backward storytelling to me. It, it was this kind of thing all night where the guys were killing themselves. Uh, McIntyre and, and Ziggler was absolutely great storytelling was a little was a little weak at times, Chris.
0: Yeah. Okay. So go back to Sasha and Bailey. Um, I, I mean, Bailey throwing on the referee's jersey. We have never seen like, or we don't usually see if we have seen. It's so rare that I can't think of it on the top of the memory. We don't see managers slide into the ring, take off the shirt from a referee and then count the three count and the promotion then treat that as completely legitimate. Now, like, I get that there's not manager-type figures on WWE television right now, and that's a good thing in some ways, but like, you could still have an off-screen sense of a management to this organization wherein you can't just steal titles. When you let Sasha just carry it around, it's not the same thing as MVP making his own belt. So, for example... Apollo still has his US title MVP who is also doing a similar gimmick to Sasha as you pointed out made his own belt so at least you get there in a much more sort of coherent way and then you can get rid of the artificial US title or replace the old US title with the new US title whatever you want to do down the line here which is where I think this is going Um, with Sasha stealing the belt there's all these questions like, why didn't she get the belt back later? Like, wh- why didn't, you know, Stephanie call up Sasha and say, you've got to relinquish the belt. I mean, there's, there's just a number of open questions here. You didn't need to do this.
1: And the um, whole reason for that is because.
0: It felt like they were trying to zig instead of Zag well, Instead of just having Sasha win, they yes. wanted to create some like in between. Well,
1: here. it was, the original plan was for Asuka to win. But they decide they want to do a rematch for television, which brings up my conversation of why are we doing these pay per views then?
0: Because that really is asinine, then. And no, it, it get. I mean, that's another big problem with this. So to go back to well, let me let me put one
1: more button on there. Okay, Stephanie, that whole thing kills. <laughs> it, if you saw the interaction on Twitter, it killed the the Aunt Pam is the best character because she's like stephanie mcmahon's done for and then stephanie tweeted back excuse me and then and then bailey just kind of cowers oh nothing ma'am it's like you're the best you shouldn't be worried about this what are you oh you're lucky nobody pays attention to twitter um
0: i don't know i think that that's actually consistent with her character Uh, what i was going to say is that i i think you can kind of trace back the The moment where, like, the pay per view stopped mattering in the Monday Night Wars, when uh, Vince decided that he wanted to outdo Nitro by doing a big title drop on Monday Night Raw, like actually dropping the WWF Championship on Monday oh, Night McFoley Raw, the Mick Foley move, like, yeah, the Mick Foley move, doing that, I, I think, you know, then all of a sudden it just it's it, it was this all importance on Raw. Instead of the pay-per-view that just occurred a few days prior that people spent money on.
1: But I didn't have any complaints about the actual wrestling on this Extreme Rules. The tag team match ended brutally. No, no, no. Was- if
0: anything, I owe Ziggler and McIntyre an apology. Because even though this was stupidly booked um, with, with all these like stipulations. And the surprise stipulation and the follow-up was also stupid. The actual in-ring work in that match was really good. Um, the eye for an eye match was long. The finish was dumb, but the
1: wrestling bad. was good.
0: Yeah, you yeah, know, for sure, for sure. It w- it wasn't it wasn't the Swamp Firefly Funhouse <laughs> match. <laughs> like they're unwatchable, man. They're like they're like crap movies. They're like B-movie scenes. They're like extracted scenes from a B-movie that I find on like a pirate video movie website. That I go, oh, no, that's too crappy even for me just to have on the television.
1: What did you like better, the swamp match or the bar fight?
0: I feel like the bar fight was shorter. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, it at least, okay, it made sense up until, and I knew this was coming, a Jeff Hardy one-third of a character character yeah. appeared. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is this is Jeff Hardy. He can't reinvent himself, but he can keep coming up with these one-third of a character characters. Nothing says bar um, fight I, like
1: a Swanton bomb.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and a in an inexplicable transformation underneath a yeah. hat.
1: Uh, I just, i I was like, oh, okay, you knew it was gonna happen. He should
0: have at least turned into friggin' Willow.
1: I did appreciate the continuity of the bartender.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciated that. Like, at least someone paid some some semblance of attention, mm-hmm. but, like, the structure of the bar fight was silly. Yeah, um, yeah no. I, these, there's no drama to these matches. It's just like... There's no anger to oh, the some, matches?
1: There's nothing like yeah, that. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. This doesn't feel like yeah, a fight. No this feels like they're doing a match, and it's like, okay, great. Like, I want to see i want to see anger out of one of these guys that you know when, when you're in a fight and you're getting beat you get angry sometimes I, I, there's no anger whatsoever in this wwe product
0: and i gotta tell you like if you're gonna do a bar fight something like that get your and, and you get pre-taping it get your makeup team and stuff and just like do up some blood or whatever like gimmicked up blood like it, you know you don't have to have them like get busted over but like in movies and stuff, when there's bar fights, people look like they've been through a bar fight.
1: I'm going to crown Cesaro possibly the greatest WWE tag team wrestler
0: ever. Oh yeah, no, he's awesome. I
1: mean, uh, the, the, this team with Nakamura is great. The te- the bar was pretty great, and the uh, Tyson Kid uh, thing was great. I mean,
0: and oh by the way, he was good with Jack Swagger. Although, yeah, what I forgot Cesaro about that. Was one, amazing yeah. at is he's amazing at elevating people who were kind of floundering on their own is mean whether it was swagger tyson kidd or nakamura all three of these people were sort of dead in the water and so they get paired up with cesaro they find inspiration in the ring start having better matches and then also find a little bit of their personality too That Asuka-Sasha match was so great
1: up until the end. I'm still...
0: (laughs) I know. It's really annoying that they went that route Uh. because that, like, I mean, this is the thing with Extreme Rules. If you just don't care about the story, if you've got to approach it like TNA Slammiversary and you're like, I'm never going to watch another episode of this probably for the rest of the year, and I'm just watching this as a one-off, you'll probably find a lot of things that you really like on Extreme Rules. So the problem for people like Jeff and I and the average viewer is when you're watching this as part of like a narrative through line, man, there's just like nothing that like sticks with you because they're immediately... I mean, they're up in the ante on the main event here, or not the main event, uh, the Ziggler McIntyre match. You know, like now they're doing it again. So and they're doing know, Sasha but. Asuka
1: again. I mean, it's one of those things where yeah. it's like, I will excuse the Nikki Cross, Bailey Brass Knuckles, or thing she wears on her hand that says "Boss," um, <laughs> finish or however the verbiage was. Cole, poor Cole, just blanks there on ring. And the name of it's ring, or maybe he was told that he couldn't call it that. But um, yeah, I, I'll accept that screwjob finish. But you gotta give me a clean finish later in the other women's match when it's going so well. There's, you know, there was.
0: And I'm sorry, but if Rey Mysterio is gonna have eye injuries,
1: <laughs> they need to last more than one and night. That also, can't be in the middle of the show. You can't put. <laughs> hey, we took a guy's eye out. He's here's, gonna be fine. Here's Oscar to cut <laughs> yeah. a promo. And say some gibberish and stuff.
0: Yeah. So, you, no. To your point, it should have been the end of the show. They all, if they're going to be mortified and play it, up, I mean, th- like, think about Mike, this, so it. My God, I was mortified. Taken
1: out. Now it's time for Dancing with the New Day.
0: <laughs> and then they go backstage later on in the show and tell you, "Don't worry, the most horrific thing that we've ever seen in WWE." That's the way we were framing it just an hour ago. It is actually completely reversible. So Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it.
1: Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high?
0: Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cashback for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute.
1: Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app?
0: Yep, I get real cashback every time I get gas.
1: Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make
0: around 200 to to Hey! Sounds like they're gonna save the eye.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, no, like, he'll be fine, folks. Now let's Look, bring out that. Bailey. <laughs> it's called stakes, people. It's called stakes. Like he, Rollins was vomiting. You can't then buck around and be like, "Remember when Rollins vomited? The guy was but, fine but was later it four on." Four star
1: vomiting or five star vomiting?
0: <laughs> he he's gonna be go-
1: oh. Somebody, somebody intercut that audio. I saw that. That was fantastic. Oh, well. So for this week's television, where would you like to start? Would you like to just go over the main roster?
0: Yeah, let's let's do the let's do the Raws. Let's do the Raws. Um, Talk about the Raws. Look, this, You know, Vince says that he needs to make stars, but when you've got people like Chad Gable and Alistair Black, and you don't know what to do with them, I think it's a you problem, not a them problem.
1: Yeah, I I don't mind. Uh, don't mind Shelton Benjamin being in this MVP stable. I kind of dig it, to be honest oh, with no. you. I like yeah. it.
0: No, no, I like it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, this, these are the type. Lashley and Benjamin are two guys who are great in the ring, who are not necessarily amazing on the microphone, although Shelton Benjamin has, like, a weird energy that I really enjoy. Like, when he's just allowed to be, like, weird, he's fun. Um, but like Lashley is like nothing to write home about in terms of promos and MVP can serve as the the focal point, rhetorically speaking, for, for these divisions. And I like that a lot.
1: Ruby Riot got her first singles win in forever. Cool with that.
0: That was weird. She got really weirdly emotional about it when she defeated Peyton Royce in three minutes and change.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I, at least somebody's feeling something, Chris. I'll take that. I'll take it.
0: You know it was actually not a bad match for like, yeah. there, the, the WWE Spander three minute match because like Riot and Peyton Royce are both really. Well, it's good. just
1: weird because you have Bianca involved in this whole story and she's.
0: Oh, that's true too. I mean,
1: she's the class out of all of them, and I, I'm just wondering, okay, who eventually has to lose to her, uh, other than the Iconics? Um, I was like, oh, damn. Oh, the 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 you uh, got
0: the street prophets defeating Andrade and Angel Garza for the umpteenth time. Yeah,
1: you know, it'd be great if there were stakes. It'd be great that that frog splash. Was I can't so keep fantastic. this match.
0: God, I know. I no, dude, like, here's the thing: they're all good and everything, but like, I've seen this match so many times. It's just like. I just expect Andrade and Angel Garza to have a match against, like, the Viking Raiders, the Street Profits, every single yeah, this, week.
1: This this week, this week we're bickering, but it's Zelina who's the problem. Okay. Well,
0: There's no—they don't know where they're going with that no. story, and so it's really boring from week to week, because it's just like, well, who's going to be the drama here? Yeah. Instead of actually, like, having a coherent building— narrative thing and what they, they're just gonna you know explode but this is not the mega powers like you know it's <laughs> not gonna be the mega powers exploding and oh by the way when the mega powers exploded it was over a discrete event
1: and there's just some weird thought like they're trying to put over things like okay Kyrie sane beats bailey well this really puts a damper on sasha banks's match against oscar and i go how <laughs> Neither of them are involved. What do, what does Kyrie beating Bailey have to do with Sasha's chances against Oscar? None, zero, nada, zilch.
0: <laughs> so the no stakes, no story matches really make these things unpleasant. I'd rather they have longer talking segments. Yeah. Like I don't want the old days where Triple H comes out and does thirty five minutes of promo like he used to do back in the day, like in the last decade here. Um, But I would like some of these other wrestlers coming out and getting, I don't know, five to seven minutes to actually get themselves over a little bit. Like part of the reason you don't have stars, hint, hint, is because people aren't coming out and actually connecting with themselves, not just with the audience, but like with the plot, actually connecting themselves to a plot point In the show here, stuff just happens.
1: Orton and Big Show was pretty darn good, I thought, for what it was.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, so, like, there is a match that Paul White can still have that I think can be really interesting, like, where Paul White is just slow, methodical, and pummeling people in the corner. Like, Big Show's cornering of people, and Randy's selling of it in this particular match, like, he was selling really well. Randy was doing really good Mm -hmm. work here in this match. Um, And I think, you know, Paul White, when he's got you in the corner, man, I mean, even if he just runs in the corner, hit you with the spear, like you believe that that hurts like hell, you know, um, you believe that those punches to the gut hurt like hell. And I think when he's selling like stuff doesn't phase him because he is a giant, I mean, it's pretty good. And I liked the finish, man. I, I liked Orton really making sure to get that second one and, and just making it murder before he hit that second we one.
1: We have complained about a lot of segments on WWE this week. I am going to put one over hard. Uh, we've gone over most of SmackDown. But, man, the red herring swerve of Bailey going, if you want to have a rematch to Nikki Cross and her just staring down Sasha and saying you need to fight Alexa bliss. And then Nikki buying in shoving Alexa and Bailey and Sasha looking at one another. Like, I can't believe that actually worked. That was such a fantastic segment. I, 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 it, it was, it was great obnoxious heel work on the part of Bailey and Sasha. It, it's, signaling it was a nice swerve for that's the kind of good swerve for the audience i think and uh i'm i'm gonna enjoy this nikki alexa breakup story quite a bit i think
0: yeah i think it has the makings being interesting as i said though earlier in the show i i think that maybe they've decided that they want to do alexa and braun Strowman as some sort of narrative thing here they wouldn't have they wouldn't have seeded alexa as appearing to Braun in his apparitions or whatever, if they didn't plan on getting to that sometime sooner rather than later. So I don't know how much of a breakup story you're going to be getting between Nikki and I Marcia. was just thinking uh, that they were going
1: to try and find a filler program to get to crowds so that they could do Sasha and Bailey in front of a crowd, and this is the way
0: they. Uh, when are crowds? When are I crowds? I don't know. I I... I I mean, like, yeah, to get to crowds. I know they tell themselves that, like, but like, when are crowds?
1: Yeah, I liked this match. I liked Bailey and Sasha being obnoxious on commentary with the exception that Bailey re- Oh my god. Bailey needs a It was distracting, but it was funny as oh, hell. Oh, it was <laughs> distracting, but they did a great job with the exception that Bailey needs a quicker comeback to Corey on the kendo stick line. <laughs> Cuz everybody knows that line's coming. Everybody knows somebody's going to bring up the way that Bailey got beat against Alexa Bliss. You know that that stupid way with the where Bailey's just kind of staring at a kendo stick and I can't use it. Then Alexa just whacks her on the head one two three and you just see kind of the oh did you just bring that up when they're doing that? The, the cuts were distracting to me, but the uh, the obnoxiousness the nonsense was strong overall. And oh I yeah no it. I, I, I mean it.
0: you can you can fill space with Sasha and Bailey and I I mean I do think. Send them out there with bullet points. Give them five to seven minutes, <laughs> and just let them be yeah. weird. Um, let them torment Michael Cole. Like open the, the impulse to let them have a lot of the show is the right impulse.
1: Sasha bringing out the Vince impression. I held at that. I held at. Uh, I held at Bailey challenging Michael Cole to a match. Uh, yeah.
0: Oh, that was yeah. great. That was great. I, was... I, I, you're not doing anything at SummerSlam.
1: <laughs> well, I'm. I'm retired. One and zero. Uh well I like it too I find it funny I don't know why it's it, it, Cole when he breaks the veneer he, it it's funny to me but uh, anything else on SmackDown that uh, tickled your fancy before we move
0: on? Job guy Tony Neese doing jobs uh we get Miss TV with Naomi we already went over God. that we already talked about the four way match um and then we talked about the bar fight uh yeah so now I think that covers everything that was on SmackDown
1: AEW. Eddie Kingston, best damn thing in wrestling this week.
0: I'm glad that people are finally realizing what we realized when we were watching him on NWA television, which is that this guy is a friggin' star. Uh, Like this guy has a star level promo. He's not even necessarily that amazing in the ring, but this guy can talk. And That's all I want. He, That's he's, all I And want. that matters. That matters. Um, like, to have someone like that to face off against a guy like Taz, to have someone like that facing off against a guy like MVP. Talking really does a lot, especially in the mid-card, because mid-card guys and mid-card matches don't get the time. They don't get to do the crazy high spots and stuff that gets reserved for the main event. So what's going to get the mid-card going? What gets the mid-card over? Good talking. And Eddie Kingston has that all day, every Yeah,
1: day. there was a moment where he kind of got a little bit self-involved with the don't worry, this is my time type of thing. And I thought...
0: It, that was a little that was a little hammy was a little where hammy. he was like... Yeah, yeah." But it other was, than yeah, that... Shut up, Arn. Because like Arn's so mm. loud these days, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: you can't hear Arn without a microphone. Uh, I'm Arn. You can't hear me. Um, you, can't, you can't hear my voice. But he came out there. He established his space... He established what he wanted. He established who he was. And he established he was there to beat up Cody Rhodes. And God bless him. I just want a fight sometimes. That's all I want. And the build to that ain't talking trash about Arn. Talking trash about Cody's privileged upbringing. He obviously has a chip on his shoulder. And that, to me, connects more with a wrestling product than coming out there and going... Last week at Extreme Rules, I was involved in a swamp fight in which I faced Braun Strowman, you know, that exposition And it absolutely
0: decimated me.
1: Yes. (laughs) And we're now holding the title in abeyance. That came back this week. Can't believe it.
0: Yeah, these words that you just simply don't hear in real life. Eddie Kingston is such a revelation because one, he gets to have a regional accent, so he gets to speak in like a hard New York City style of accent. That's you know where he's from, and he's speaking his language. Um, yeah, yeah, he does get a little self indulgent, like just yelling at Arn. I mean, it would have been fine if I believed for a second that Arn was any louder than "Hey, you better not do that!" Like, like you know, like this is Arn Anderson we're talking the about here. He's just simply not the that
1: street loud. fight aspect of it. Uh, or no detail. I liked him getting. Yeah, I liked getting, it. Yeah, it, felt I, liked it. I, I mean, I loved it, and I loved old Arne.
0: school. Also decisive, so that we can move mm-hmm. on from that match. We don't need to have a rematch or anything like that. I like that.
1: Arn's promo that was only on the internet was fantastic. Afterwards, I I, I, I adored it. Um,
0: I like Kingston's promo that was uh, on the internet afterwards. Yeah, too. yeah,
1: where where he was very upset with uh, with losing. Um, yeah, I'll take I'll take it Eddie Kingston Taz promo battle.
0: Absolutely. But, Absolutely. But, no, I, yeah, no, I know I I like them a lot. I I think that there's uh there's some interesting stuff But here's the generational
1: there. problem. Again, you, we have these managers who can talk. Arn, Jake, Taz, Vicky Guerrero to some respect. Um Tully. But none of these wrestlers are cutting promos like that anymore. And it's it's scary to me, Chris. It really is uh, that, that nobody can get out there with a gift for Gab other than maybe Eddie Kingston or the Briscoes and bring that kind of thunder on a promo.
0: Yeah, and it's telling that the people who have that real connect with an audience in the year 2020 thunder are people who have never had a serious run in WWE and learned how to wrestle around the world and around the country. I think there's something to that. Um, once you go through WWE, you get saddled with all of the weird, like rhetorical, stylistic framing stuff. I, like, as you know, we we use decimate, but like obliterate. I, like they they love these weird words and weird cadences that sound very theatrical, but like almost like cartoon villain or cartoon babyface instead of just the way a normal person speaks.
1: Again, the matches on this show, pretty darn fantastic, I thought. Butcher and Blade versus the Young Bucks howled at how this this match started back in the kitchen. I just... I, they're back there cutting meat. Time to start a match. Let's do this. Um,
0: yeah, no, and then uh, Blade takes a table to the face. Uh, it's like, my God. There were a couple Ugh. of them. I mean,
1: he missed the dive on there. Um to the outside where he's supposed to go through the table.
0: Yeah, no, and he takes yeah, it right to the face. Yeah. That's what I was referring to. You know, it, it's um, your modern
1: day thing. M- MJ, oh, I, I'm go not ahead. a fan of both guys hitting a finisher through a table at the same time to finish the match. That it, that seems a little too choreographed to me, but I understand the end, but it was a great match. I thought it it helped both guys or both teams. Uh,
0: Interesting. Um, I think all these teams have been doing the Andrade Cien yeah. and Almas, Hector Garza, or um, Angel Garza Street Profit circuit, and they've had so many matches now that all of them feel about equal, and it's like, everybody's good, everybody's number. Okay, but then I'm not really interested in seeing anyone climb a mountain because you're all on a plateau. Um, so like, I think they've got a little bit of that problem in that division. Good talent. A lot, a lot of talented guys, Butcher and Blade, good team. Uh, they, they they, definitely are finding their stride, and they've developed out a little bit here. But in terms of the lay of the tag team scene and tag team mountain, there's just it feels more like a nice rolling plane right now. A long, sprawling plane, pleasant. But uh, no, no mountain to climb. I liked MJF and uh, Griff Garrison for what mm-hmm. it was. Uh, I, I feel like they've got plans for Griff Garrison. And this, unlike the Jericho circuit of enhancement matches where he's quote unquote, uh, the Jericho circuit of elevation matches where he's quote unquote, elevating people. Um I actually think that for Griff Garrison, who went from being a nobody, him having this match with MJF, it mostly helped him up to the point where Griff goes, you're undefeated or whatever. Yeah. When he actually gives mjf the words i think it really pulls the sting out of what you were trying to do to like get griff over to that next level i I, that that was a little bit of a wimp move to me a twerp move
1: other things that stuck out oh that shot that ricky uh starks gave uh darby allen
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I like Ricky Starks <laughs> paired with Taz. I kind of dig that, Man, yeah. I, l- let me tell you. Yeah, I, I'm into Ricky Starks and Taz together.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, if Aaron Solo's around, that extra talented becomes managed by Taz. I don't want to necessarily make Starks a, a tag team wrestler per se, but I think he and Solo work well together. And, uh, again, as a noted Bailey fan, I want to help Bailey's uh, Bailey's friends, but um, but yeah, no, I like I like Starks having a mouthpiece with a little bit more toughness, and it'll help play off of his. uh, He kind of plays a bit of a dandy character, so I kind of I like I like that juxtaposition.
0: Uh, Yeah, like Starks is like really into himself or whatever, but we've seen him in the past on promos, and he gets a little lost. Gets a little lost. So having Taz, oh, and I really loved. The different subtle notes that Taz was working into his promo this week, really connecting the dots post match, how he talked to Cage, how he almost got fired, that like the way he said "Cooler heads prevailed" had like layers mm-hmm. in it. He was—he's just—he's really good at this. Yeah. Uh,
1: looks like we're getting a Battle Bowl type of women's tag team tournament. See who they scrounge up for this. I would suggest Nicole Savoy. You get on the phone to her. Um, <laughs> but Hey, we're going to have Anna J and <laughs> Karushita. And,
0: uh, yeah, I I know I this, they did not need to do a battle bowl style tournament with this division. No, I, want, right I I'd
1: love a women's tag team thing. Just get some women's tag teams in there as opposed to the random thing where we'll probably do some stories in here. And it's mostly going to be focused around this alley Brandy road story. I think, unfortunately, uh,
0: I mean, if anything, right now, the better division to do the Battle Bowl style thing would be the men's division because you have things like the Dark Order kind of floating in there where you could have like this like weird dark order guy paired with baby face style matches and stuff like there's just more interesting stories to tell than in the women's division where basically everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Oh right and also
1: now. get Nicole Matthews. A work visa, please, because this 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 division needs a heal heal while we wait for uh, more pictures of Britt Baker's nose. I'd like Britt Baker to take a couple weeks off. I I understand why they're keeping her on, but she's not going to be ready for a while. Um,
0: and and her stuff isn't going yeah, anywhere right yeah. now. It's, it's always funny. This I mean, like look, uh, the Michael Jordan stuff like the first slide was funny. Like rebels. I've watched the uh, space jam 19 she's times. Great. And it's the same I like way. rebel a lot. I she's mean, funny. know, was... you, you, she's, she's very funny. Um, like some of these lines are a little, uh, um, but yeah, like, uh, I think maybe a little too much for Baker, but I like her. I like her Jericho Hager versus Lucha and jungle boy. I'm sorry, but if Jericho beats jungle boy in a singles match and then he beats jungle boy in a tag team match, did you really build up, Jungle Boy?
1: <laughs> oh, Chris, I wanted your opinion on the uh, on Diamante versus Eva as a Lucha Underground watcher.
0: <laughs> um, Eva has been good in the past. Uh, there wasn't a lot going on this. No, much. there wasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I, and, and it doesn't necessarily look like, um. Wrestlers, uh, over time passes for wrestlers, and um, skills diminish. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't want to say anything too soon here, but um, I have concerns that perhaps this has occurred with. I'm sorry,
1: is. I threw that at you, and I probably shouldn't uh, We should have probably just said, yeah, that was a match, and moved on. Oh yeah,
0: but- n- now she's gonna kill me. It, yeah, that's that's the issue. You're worried she's gonna you know stalk me down and beat the shit out of me or something. Hell oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, if there, if there was someone, yeah. But but in all fairness, this has never really bothered me in the past. It's not going to start bothering me now. Um. So, there you go. Hey, Evolus, you've had some good matches in the past, and i've i've been I've been in your corner when you've been
1: good. Throw money at Thunder Rosa as well. Just bring her in.
0: Here. Yeah. No. For no, they definitely going to bring her in. She's just going to be like a one shot thing because she's starting her own women's promotion. Good on her, yeah. by the way, too. Yeah. I'm really glad to see because I was a huge fan of her back in Lucha Underground, and I always thought that she they could do a lot more with her and uh she's instead doing that weird snakey snake gimmick and now she's you know really kind of establishing herself and I love that she's starting her own division and every, or her own promotion and everything
1: I think that'll do for AEW there's going to be a loaded dark next week with like 12 matches I think and then a big time card for that this NXT show really got off the wrong foot because William Regal goes on Twitter and basically teases retirement in terms of a, a big announcement to me. That's what it seemed like to me. They were doing. Oh,
0: yeah. And that was my comment to you in the DMs. Is, yeah, I thought I for sure they were going to put he on
1: here. <laughs> just.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and my joke to you is like, you know, is he going to be 35? But. Uh, otherwise, you're not moving the ratings. But, no.
1: It's that uh, Keith Lee is giving up the North American title. Because... We can't, we can't oh, establish anybody climatic. dominant on this show.
0: I'd love for him to- Right. Him, you can't have a dominant yeah, baby let face. Yeah, both you, titles. You, you try to make this this like whole accomplishment thing. He doesn't even get to do a takeover where he has two matches, which would be the point. Like, they get Keith Lee over. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, and oh by the way, you could have this great story through that takeover where Keith Lee has to make decisions about, you know, is he going to go all out in the North American title defense? Or maybe he needs to tap out a little bit earlier than he might have. It gives you so many easy outs to get a get it onto a heel champion for your next run here. And instead they just hotshot him dropping the title and it's in and it's in abeyance. It's like the the negative heat transfer move. Um, And whoever becomes the United States champion or the North American champion will have none of the reflective glory of having defeated Keith Lee because of the way this lineage is. Yeah, it's just, it's a problem with NXT. The in
1: abeyance joke goes back to, I believe it's 2013 and that's what they did with Daniel Bryan.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Hunter comes out having looked up abeyance.
1: It's in abeyance. (laughs) As if anybody knows what that means.
0: Well, you have to if you watch WWE product long enough because they like this abeyance move. But um, no, I, I hate this. And it's just it's emblematic of NXT not actually being the thing that made NXT this sort of cross appeal product inside of wrestling culture, which could bring in WWE style fans, but also bring in a larger wrestling oriented audience. Um, because it was delivering good matches, good matches like, you know, not maybe I was gonna say Shinsuke Nakamura, probably not the best place to start, but like (laughs) Kevin Owens versus um, the Revival and American Alpha, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano versus American Alpha or versus the Revival. Like these are the sorts of matches that would get people who are involved in the industry and really passionate about the industry watching NXT TakeOver. And the NXT product that they're putting out right now suffers from all the same problems that Raw has. Right down to the fact that now takeovers don't even feel like important things. What matters is the next NXT, which is really dumb when you've got a product like NXT. Well,
1: we're having a takeover in August on the 22nd. And in order to get a new North American champion, we're going to have a series of three-way dances to get into the ladder match. Had our first one on this show. Bronson Reed picking up a win over Johnny Gargano and, um, uh, oh man, how did I forget his name all of a sudden? Undisputed Era.
0: Oh, Roderick, Roderick Strong. Strong! Yeah,
1: God,
0: uh, I loved Roderick and Johnny's interaction backstage. Yeah. That was quite funny. Um, Bronson Reed, I think, is a really good promo. Speaking of, you know, people who actually have the gift of gab, Bronson Reed's got it. He actually can talk, and I think that I, I don't think he's gonna win the. No- he may win the. North. It million, seems though. like Maybe. they're putting
1: guys on that second tier who they haven't used yet into this match because they're just these. There are these weird three ways where you're like, okay, if you had thought you're going to put somebody in a title picture, sure, you, you, you'd think that Roderick Strong or Johnny Gargano would be in there out of the three of those. But then next week as well, you have Dexter Loomis versus Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher. And I tell you, I don't think Finn Balor is the guy going forward.
0: No, I, I don't think I so. I think they're putting either.
1: Thatcher in there, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, and I I think Thatcher's probably going to be the guy who ends up getting the title, too.
1: Yeah, so I mean it's just it's weird when you could have just just make Keith Lee dominant, but Keith Lee's now involved in
0: at bare minimum, tell the story of Keith Lee, who wants to be limitless, wants to do something that no one has ever done before in NXT, and yes, he's won both titles, but no one's ever defended. Defended both titles, and he wants to at least climb the mountain of defending two titles on one night. Because have him fudge it and say he's never done anything like that before, even if he has. Um, have him do that. Like that's an actual through line for the pay per view. It actually gives us something to build to instead of like this weird. Okay, cool. That's neat. And I guess now we're just obviously building to Carrion Cross versus Keith Lee.
1: Yes, as Karrion Cross beats Dominic Dijakovic and. In- Pure 80s action movie style, staring at Keith Lee as he gets the win. I actually thought Dominic Dijakovic got too much in this match. I, it's,
0: yeah, I agree. It's very weird I agree. That
1: they're going to do this kind of thing to keep him strong. I mean, it, it, Karrion Kross should be a killer right now. He, he just he just went through Tommaso Ciampa like a knife through butter, he went through Bronson Reed like a knife through butter. Let him go through Dominic Dijakovic say he was injured last week and just have him. I, I didn't understand this.
0: Okay. So here's the logic. I, I can make a case for it. It's not, it's not the way I would have went for it, but if you want to keep the power differential credible between Keith Lee and carrying cross going into that match, you can't have cross being too, too powerful. And unlike Bronson Reed or Tommaso Champa, Keith Lee just recently had a match with Dominic Jajakovic. And so you need to make it. He won that match in relatively short order, but it was semi-competitive. And you need to at least make Karrion Cross appear to have a semi-competitive match with Dijakovic because like theoretically that should be the through line that connects him and Keith Lee and if he just cuts through Dijakovic like a knife through hot butter then what does it say about Keith Lee you're already kind of like pretty sure that he's gonna just crush Keith Lee that could be an interesting story to tell Um, and again this isn't the way I would go about it but I at least get the rationale for it and I can make the case we at least
1: don't have Scarlett trying to link the lip sync anymore so they. yeah out.
0: but the entrance is still overkill mm-hmm. that's the other thing like when Dijakovic was coming out with the smoke I almost thought he should have been and this would have probably nicely played into the match he should have been taking the piss out of the entrance here by just like kicking away the smoke or like coughing or whatever like he should have been ribbing carrying Cross <laughs> a little bit here because uh, it like it's such a campy cinematic entrance that like maybe it will work when he's the champion Or would work if he was paired with Mil Muertes on Lucha Underground. But, like, I mean, the smoke and stuff, it's just, it's a lot.
1: Are we getting a pivot on Robert Stone to become a more serious manager, or is this going to be played for laughs for two weeks before Mercedes kills him?
0: I think Mercedes kills him. I think she stays heel. She uses him to get what she needs to get this match, and then she just kills him. She kills him, Um, and then
1: it continues to be noof there going oh you'll be okay and what happened to indy hartwell
0: like you told this whole story with indy hartwell last week and like no follow-up this week with indy hartwell who seems to be the person who's joining the robert stone brand it also would make more sense in the robert stone brand it's a
1: shame because i don't want mercedes anywhere near a comedy character i I think i think you build her up as a killer and you can build her up as a you build her up to basically reestablish rhea ripley in my opinion
0: yeah, or I mean, depending on what you want to do with Rhea, you reestablish or you establish Mercedes as just you know like a as a killer. In the oh division. yeah,
1: no, I I uh, I, I want yeah. more killers in the division. My my original.
0: I also think like Mercedes versus Io Shirai has some intrigue.
1: I team her with Shane and go after the tag straps. To be honest, too, but that—that's my idea. That will never happen now. Um, <laughs>
0: no, but I like that. No, I like that. But uh, there, there's the way this company looks at people. I don't think that they'd ever be able to do abide. a cross
1: brand thing. Get viewers to both shows. Just yeah, why not? But um, yeah, I I don't you know, she's going to be involved in tanks running over people's legs now.
0: And, Oh my God. And Shashi Blackheart, like there is a good wrestler in there somewhere. <laughs> I, I believe, I believe that she's like, she does the kicks and some of the stuff looks good. Uh, That senton looks like it really hurts, not because she's doing it so well, but because she gets, like, no vertical and just, like, collapses on the person she lands on. (laughs) Um, I believe there's a good wrestler in there somewhere. But, like, everything she's doing is over-the-top even for wrestling. A a entertainment structure that kind of trades in being over-the-top and bombastic. This is, like... All of that on Overdrive, and her character is, like, so obnoxious and in-your-face. It, it, she's Poochie. She's Poochie from The system. I want
1: Mercedes to kill her, so, so she's a perfect Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> right. No, no, exactly. No, like, when Mercedes is like, I'm going to kill Shotzi Blackheart, I'm like, please, please do.
1: Yeah, I'm a little nervous about that. And then uh, Hawkins semi-favorites ever rise, getting beat by... Uh, brizango dresses Mounties. I kind of expected it, but
0: I was told they were going to be a more serious team or some crap. That that they're going to be funny on the way of the ring, but in between the ropes, it was going to be seriousness. And it's it's the same old yeah. uh whimsy, whatever so the ratings. You have. Chris, it's
1: it's to keep that main roster feel.
0: <laughs> and I think Ever Rise is good. I'm yeah. with you. I I think uh, Matt Martell, the big guy who kind of like has a little bit of a Mr. Perfect with black hair vibe about him. I'm into that guy. I, I like them as a team. Uh, I I think, you know, there are certain tropes with French Canadians that I think we can maybe slow down on or lay off of uh, taking the uh, Liberté, Egalité. I don't, I don't speak French, so. Uh, liberty, uh, fraternity, brotherhood, whatever, all that crap. Um, they take it a little bit too far when they do French Canadian tropes. Um and then what was our main event here?
1: Oh, the main event was the Roderick Strong match.
0: Oh, Orny Loken and Timmy Thor- Woo! Timothy Thorpe, Timothy Thatcher. How could I forget this? Man, like, that's a forever feud, but, like, that's one, like, uh, unlike other forever trains, I don't necessarily need to get off of it.
1: Oh, I, I want I want more scarring of the chest. I want I want a little bit of blood in this thing. I, I, I don't mind them fighting forever. I just I want to be more vicious. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm...
0: I'm into it, like, and and Thatcher is, here's what's fun about Thatcher, maybe a hypothetical Tim Thatcher title run, is that Thatcher has a very different style of match, but what's interesting is that, like, WWE has found a way to take his matches and and force him to speed them up, because his matches back in the day, like, and we saw one of them, like, I, I remember seeing one live and just going, like, this is Friggin long I'm like counteract I get counteract that, that Timothy
1: Thatcher promo with the Matt riddle promo from tonight and tell me who the killer is
0: you know oh god no well that's the problem with being paired with uh King Corbin too you dare come um, out here and <laughs> to my kingdom and demand? Him? <laughs> oh my god and, and riddle when 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 riddle t- treats it on any level of seriousness he lowers himself.
1: Yeah, that's that. He's buying into the kingdom crap. I'm just like, no. Right,
0: exactly. When you entertain it and give it even ground, that's the problem. There, you've already lowered yourself to their yeah, level.
1: Meanwhile, Thatcher. I, God, again, you pick me a guy who I think WWE would have no interest in elevating whatsoever. It's Tim Thatcher, kind of a bland guy who does some grappling. But here he goes in there, he, you know, he he shows, you know, a move and he breaks a dude's arm. Hell yeah! This is what I want. Have all my wrestlers. I want my wrestlers and, to be and tough he's guys.
0: Got, he's not even necessarily amazing at promos, no. and he's got a bit of a you know speech hindrance with the missing teeth, and you can hear it when he talks. But it's still they 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 one are going with it, which I completely applaud them for. And two, they're leaning into the dude's strengths instead of accentuating his weaknesses. So he's not toothless, toothless Tim <laughs> like he would be on SmackDown. Oh, oh, he's
1: getting with shorty he's G toothless aggression part two on yeah, the main
0: run. Yeah, Oh God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, he's not getting the shorty G treatment. Is my point here. <laughs>
1: Shorty G and Timmy T, they fought bonded over <laughs> wrestling. Oh, look at him skip down to the ring. To, oh, my God. I can. Oh.
0: Yeah, I know. You can see it. Can't you
1: see this as a tag team?
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I just. I, so they're long just of, there, like, there to so have fun, as,
1: Chris. They're just right. There and have I,
0: have I don't want Tim to have fun. I like yes. the fact. Here's what's made it really work with Tim. Tim has never wanted to just have fun. Not ever. Tim has ever. never had fun ever. in his
1: life. I want a child vignette he- where he's in there, you know, crossing his arms. I don't want to play dodgeball. Yes. You know, a bunch of-
0: I would love like an old yearbook pulled out and like everyone's cheering at a sporting event. He's got his arms folded <laughs> and just staring into the camera hatefully.
1: <laughs> what else? Yes. Oh. Yes, the, the, I just want vignettes from his background. You know, I want his, I want his mother to say, you know, Timmy came out of the, out of the uh, womb, and he was angry, all the time. He put me in a headlock. Was, you know,
0: he just—I've always hated cotton
1: candy. He tried to throw a birthday party for him, and he threw the cake away. You know, li- things like that. Just, just give me some. Yes, no fun, Tim Thatcher. That's what I want.
0: Pin the tail on the donkey's is a stupid game. It's not game. even
1: realistic. He wanted a real donkey. It was very confusing.
0: <laughs> he wanted to rip the tail off. He wanted off to rip a it. tail off a real donkey and put it on another donkey. <laughs> and then reattach
1: it. <laughs> oh. Anywho, we've had enough of nonsense. Much like Aunt Pam. Uh you can follow me at Crap Game13. You can follow Chris at Chris Novembrino. You can follow the show at Shake Them Roast. We are part of Voices of Wrestling at Voices Wrestling, listen to the flagship. We have a mini sort of feud right now, Chris, with the Wednesday Night Wars show. Garrett Kidney just talking smack to us. And I'm I'm
0: Oh, what is that that no good oh. lout? Garrett Kidney doing? Oh, grouchy
1: smurf over there who doesn't like anything. Oh yeah,
0: I have seen this guy's icon. Yeah, <laughs> no. The only thing he likes is uh video games and stupid 28 second loops from Paper Mario and being you dumb know, maybe
1: i can't remember everything about tna
0: like he can
1: so he's sussing me on. oh it's because you
0: you do better things with yeah, your memory yeah. mm. than fill your head with that junk
1: but yeah listen to wednesday night wars they're great <laughs> music of the mat all our friends and voices of wrestling would appreciate more listenership chris also would appreciate some listenership on his other projects
0: yeah go ahead and check out don't worry about the government you can get that at don't we're also on patreon as well my other show which is kind of like it's like not in an abeyance like on hiatus so is it podcast. decimating in abeyance yeah no it's uh, languishing and be- it's not decimated it's not decimated it's just uh I don't I don't have a good aiding word at the end of it uh ruminating is what it's doing right now uh yeah yeah there you go yeah it's it's, but but you know rumination can take a long time as we know um so we'll we'll move back eventually like i'm not i'm not done doing it you continue to plug this
1: dead podcast chris let's face facts
0: because you can get it you can get it uh, archivally so (laughs) like that's that's always there and then yeah, and and yeah, like unlike, you know, the news of the week stuff, if you just decide to watch all in the family, which you should cuz it's like good historical television, it's actually an entertaining show. You know, then you've got me to help watch along with it and give you some additional context on stuff and my co-host Lindsay's great. Um, and other than that, uh should I play the outro theme song here?
1: You can. I'll I'll plug them downloading like an archival thing from 3 3 years ago oh, about yeah. Bailey. Yeah debuting at uh or four years ago she did de- this week she debuted at battleground i think i gushed over that uh, nevertheless play our outro please
0: gets better every week baby